Welcome to the Living Spiritfully Podcast, the Mind Body Misfits Edition. Here are your hosts for today, Paul Galaro and Claudia Miko. Hello, everyone. Seriously, we are, we are the, the Mind, mind Body, body Misfits. <laughs> Nailed it. Claudia, that's it right there. Uh, welcome, everyone. It's so good to have you here. Claudia, it's so good to see you. We have not seen each other since last year. I know. Aloha. Well, yeah, a whole year has gone by. <laughs> well, we flipped the calendar. It's now 2023. Or should I say 2020 me? I feel like I'm... 2020 doing... me? Yeah, 2020 me. I feel like I'm going to be doing a lot more deeper work on myself this year. What about you? Uh, yeah. Although, you know, I feel like I'm always doing that. And then... In... <laughs> doing the same <laughs> for work but i'm also working on my exterior deeper but also i'm working on my muscles this yeah year. yes same and we've been doing our program together and actually that's our our conversation for today we're talking about the importance of resistance training because as you know it's the first week of jan everyone's hitting the gym but few people are hitting the weights. That's been my experience anyway. I see everybody run straight for the treadmills and the the um, ellipticals and all of those machines, which are lovely. But we're, we're talking about the importance of resistance training uh, for men and women and all human beings um, because uh, we got muscles and it's important that we work and use them, right? Exactly. Strength training is most effective for strengthening and shaping your body. And if you really want to, on January 1st, start making those changes in your body, skip the treadmill, skip the run, and focus on weights and strength. Yes. Strength training. Strength training. And also, remember, you don't need to work specifically with weights, with dumbbells or barbells or any of that stuff. Although those are great tools, there are other things that we can use. We can use resistance tubing. We can use body weight. Uh, for those of you that aren't going to the gym, you can use anything that you got around your house. Sometimes, I mean, my dog's 10 pounds, so sometimes I use him for a warm up when I'm working out at home. <laughs> I have seen you do this. <laughs> you have. <laughs> All <Yeah>. safely, <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, my cat's like is fat. He's 15 pounds. So. I actually, he can sit on my back and I can do push-ups, and it's like having a 15 pound weight on my back. There you go. Does he actually stay? Yeah, for a minute, a couple <laughs> reps. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. I know. I mean, if I put my dog on my back, he would like jump off as quickly as he can. I haven't trained him yet to be able to stay there for a set, but anyways. So, okay, let's talk about this. Uh, let's get deeper into it. So we have three kind of uh, points that we're going to focus in our conversation today. And the first one, and we sort of, uh, this is one of the reasons why you and I love resistance training so much is you get more bang for your buck when it comes to working with weights. You do. Because lifting weights is the quickest way to build muscle. It's just, it just is. Research shows it and it shows in your body. It, it just does. It raises your resting metabolic rate. That's the rate in which your body uses energy or calories from the food that you eat at rest. 
Right. Very so in simple terms, you're basically going to be using up a lot more energy just for existing because um, and now uh, forgive me here. I'm going back into my like old, old, old personal training days. Isn't something like a pound of muscle requires nine calories and then a pound of fat requires four or am I getting that mixed up with you're, protein? And well, no, you're mixing it up, but that's okay. It's, it's food that you eat. So when you eat protein, it's four calories per gram. And when you eat a carbohydrate, it's four calories per gram. And when you eat fat, it's nine calories per gram. And alcohol is seven calories per gram, which is also metabolized differently than those other three substances. So the food that you eat does make a difference in that sense. Yes. Right. But still a pound of, of muscle requires more energy to exist than a pound of fat or any other yes. kind of tissue that would yes. exist in our body. Exactly. So yes, that's, that's definitely true. Fat tissue is metabolically slow to utilize energy or it's very inactive. Whereas muscle tissue is like, you know, the engine's on, whereas fat tissue, the engine's off kind of thing. Right. Right. And so when we say it, you, muscle training gives you more bang for your buck is because as you build more muscle, just first of all, pushing heavy things or lifting heavy things or moving heavy, th heavy things, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever kind of resistance, that within itself requires more muscle than if you're just doing a like a run on a treadmill or on the road or something, right? Because it's requiring the muscle to work in many different ways. You're getting more joints involved in the whole experience. So number one, just the workout it, itself is going to require more energy. But then after the fact, what the tissue that you build is going to require more energy to exist. And when I talk about energy, I mean just more calories. So yes, um, I mean, I know when I'm working with weights and uh, like I just become this like bottomless pit when it comes to food. That's why meal planning and making sure that you have healthy food around is even more important because I know for myself, if I'm not prepared, I'm just going to go for the not so good stuff. Um, but just existing will require more energy consumption. Yes, that that's definitely correct. And what we want to think about is, you know, on January 1st, I always said, you know, or second, and in, in this case, people do head to the treadmill, or they head, they do head to the gym, and they want to go take a, a class and all that stuff is great. Initially, when you first start doing that, if you're inactive and you're out of shape, you will see gains in your skeletal muscle, but there's diminishing returns as far as, uh, you know, keeping that going, that's where you need to add the strength. So initially, yes. And you're strengthening your heart and your lungs. And I think that's what people need to really understand is lifting or doing resistance type training strengthens the muscle, as you say, to keep muscle metabolically active and keep more calories burning and all that stuff. And cardiovascular, cardiorespiratory heart and lungs is specifically for heart and lungs. Initially, you will see some changes in your body, but it's it's not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. Well, 
To uh, absolutely, it does. And so that's why, like, if you're going to the treadmills and the ellipticals in the beginning, especially if you're deconditioned and you haven't been active for a while, great place to start. And then start to traipse your way to the back where you can work on the machines, like the resistance mach machines or with uh, dumbbells and barbells. Or yes. if you're at home and you're doing, let's say, uh, a cardio video, remember tapes, a cardio, like a 20 minute workout thing. Uh, so if you're doing that to begin, eventually start to pepper in some resistance training, whether it's with things from around your home or uh, body weight. Body weight is the best thing that you could do. You could literally work out anywhere. Push-ups. Push-ups, squats, yep. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all that um, stuff. Yeah. So more bang for your buck. So you're gonna hit the you're gonna hit your musculature. So that's strength component of uh one of the components of fitness. Then like you did mention getting on the machines and doing the runs and stuff and the classes for the cardiovascular, but if you when you get to a certain point with your resistance training, you can you will in fact work your heart and lungs, not as you would it, for as a run, but your heart and lungs still have to work to get the oxygen to your muscle and the blood to your body and the body parts that you're working. So there's two going to get some sort of um, um, work. And then let's talk about mobility as well, because strong muscles equal strong joints. You know, yes. there's this misconception that and it's an, okay, hold on, let me just be mindful of my language. Big muscles may if you don't do mobility work as well, may kind of uh, um, restrict your range of motion. I, I, when I say that, I think of the big giant muscle heads with like the big delts and the big lats that, you know, can't move their arms to, you know, wipe themselves after they go to the bathroom. But <laughs> we can still build muscle and move our body. This is why pandiculation, remember, you talked about pandiculation a couple of uh, episodes ago, but working with weights and getting our mobility in there and pendiculating in between sets can be very beneficial. Because like I said, yes. strong muscles equal strong joints. Yes. So why work out with weights? Well, obviously we just said you strengthen, you shape, um, you can protect your joints. You can also get the mobility either, like you said, in between your sets, and we might have to educate people on, you know, what a set actually is, right? One movement is a repetition and a group of, re of, of repetitions is a set. And we typically exercise when we do resistance training in, you know, sets and reps. And I think a lot of people don't understand what that means. Mm -hmm doing cardiovascular, you're just there for 20 minutes and, or 30 minutes, and it's not a set or a rep, but strength training, really, there is a formula that, uh, and a criteria that needs to be met in order for it to be effective and for it to change your body. You just can't do, you can do random stuff, but not for long. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, in the beginning, your body will be like, oh, this is new and the change yeah. will happen. But then after a while, it's you just get used to it. And mobility, you know, the thing about when you are doing resist resistance training, you can increase your mobility by doing full range of motion in your exercises. 
And that's also been proven to be better for strength training as well. Mm. So you can, you know, you can, you know, you can be a big gigantic bodybuilder and still be, be very flexible. Right. If you do full range of motion in your strength training. And that's also a time saver there Mm -hmm. as well as stretching and pandiculating between your sets. Yes. That full range of motion, especially when working with resistance, it's important that you know what you're doing and that you're working with someone, whether it's a trainer with you there physically, or just knowing that what somebody that can see what your range looks like as you're lifting heavier weights, especially for those that once they're wanting to get into some like, you know, bodybuilding type things in terms of, you know, building more muscle and stuff. Um, but still working through that full range is key to maintain that range of motion. Otherwise, yes. short, short range of motion is just going to shorten your. Um, yeah, it stiffens you up a little bit. And and I we should also mention that people tend to gravitate towards activities that they feel comfortable doing. So mm-hmm. generally a very limber bendy person tends to gravitate towards yoga because that's what they feel comfortable doing. Someone who's got, you know, typically more endurance type fibers in their body tend to gravitate toward running and, you know, other people tend to gravitate toward weight training. And this is where the cross training does really come in handy. People who are doing yoga all the time probably should be in the weight room. Mm-hmm. And people who are in the weight room all the time probably should do more flexibility training. Does that make sense? Agreed. Absolutely. Basically, what we're saying is make sure that you're getting a variety of activity in whatever it is that you're doing as you set your intentions for 2020 me or 2023. 2020 me. Yes. Now, I, I... you and I have been on this program. We've been doing um, lately two day splits. So that means we work over the course of two days, we've split our body um, in half. So half of the body we work on one day, the other half of the body we work on the other day. And within those muscle groups, we're doing, you know, anywhere from three to four sets. We go 10 reps, 12 reps, no, excuse me, 12 reps, 10 reps, 10 reps, 12 reps. So we're doing this kind of pyramid That's our current program. Yes, that's our current program. <laughs> I have to say though, because before we were doing full body stuff and now as we're doing this, obviously I'm hitting the gym a little bit more. So I'm going four days a week so that I'm doing my body twice in one week. This is part of my training. I'm not saying that, um, you know, the general person needs to be doing this, but this is just what I'm currently doing. But what I'm trying to get at is when I work with resistance training, especially the way that we're going with like that fatigue by the end of that last repetition, I have noticed a significant difference, not just in my physical energy and like being able to lift things and, and move things and endurance wise, but just like energetically and mentally, I feel completely different. It's like, like, Every time I lift a weight, there's this electricity that goes through my body that just gives me a jolt of aliveness. Can you speak to that? It is literally a jolt of electricity (laughs) because it's your nervous system working. Right. You can't lift up something without your brain telling your spinal cord to tell your nerves 
to pick that thing up and you pick it up and there's, you know, there's a, a conversation going back and forth. So not only do you increase the, you know, the, the nervous system responses, which get quicker and better and all that kind of stuff, but you also increase the mitochondria, mitochondria at the cellular level, you increase the circulation, more um, blood vessels, more capillaries. So I haven't heard all of these words since personal training school. <laughs> so capillaries, so you have, you can imagine a garden hose, right? Something going through the garden. So capillaries are blood vessels, the smallest blood vessels, right? And then your arteries and your veins are larger blood vessels. Your capillary beds are where the exchange happens between oxygen and nutrients and uh, waste products in the body. So you increase the capillary beds in all of your muscles as well. And that's why you start to feel not only the electricity, but you start to feel the energy because you have more oxygen, more mitochondria at the cellular level, which is, we've talked about mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. It's, it's what gives you energy. It's what makes your cells, uh, you know, it's like the little factory in there. Mm. Yes, that's why you feel uh, better initially. And then when you're resting, right, you're not really strengthening, Paul, anything when you're training. When you're training and you're in the gym, you're actually breaking stuff down. But when you're sleeping at night and you've had, and that's really why sleep is so important. Really good sleep, REM sleep mm -hmm. is when the repair happens. It's that's when your body's fixing, it's sewing things back together stronger. Mm -hmm. So that's also why you feel a lot better because you're noticing over the course of six or, or eight weeks now that everything feels stronger and, and literally like sewn together better with a better sewing machine kind of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, there's so much that you touched there that I want to like expand on. Um, the, uh, first of all, I think we should do an entire episode on the importance of sleep and sleep training and how to, to get deeper sleep, especially your work with uh, brain waves and hypnosis and all that stuff that we talked about last episode. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to go back uh, and sort of touch upon you didn't you didn't really talk about it, but I want to bring it up because I see a connection there and I'd like you to, to speak to it. But the importance of um, trauma work and resistance training, because when we're resist when we're working with resistance, you know, we're putting our muscles under stress, it's building up a lot of that. And then when we go into rest or when we put the weight down, you know, there's a, a release. You know, in yoga, when I'm when I'm working with people to help them release that muscular tension, I put their body under like some sort of um, like in a, in, a, in a challenging position where, you know, they build up all of this energy. It's almost like the Golgi tendon when when we're mus when we're massaging. Right. right. So there's all this like pressure buildup. And then the second it stops, it releases not only what we've built up, but what was also being held on as well. Can you speak to that from a trauma sensitive perspective? So from a trauma sensitive, I would look at this as um, fight or flight in a sense. Um, in, in a sense, you have a, a 
tension build and attention release, almost like what we talked about in bioenergetics mm. is creating tension and then releasing tension and stress can be beneficial or it can be negative and coming from a trauma sensitive, we have to also look at somebody's perception when they are exercising or when they go, if they want to go to the gym or if they want to work, do they perceive exercise and moving their body as a threat or mm. as a challenge? And if they look at it as a challenge, then a series of things are going to happen neurologically and physiologically that will make them produce a certain type of chemical that makes them feel good. If they look at it as a threat did I say threat? Yeah. Challenge mm. is good. Threat is bad. It becomes bad. A different part of the adrenal gland works and causes a series of reactions to make the person feel threatened more. So it really comes down to with trauma sensitive, the person's perception of what the activity is. And if they see it as threatening, if they feel, and, and we could use any any kind of trauma, but I tend to like to use, uh, you know, sexual abuse trauma because that's very common for people. And then they don't talk about it and then they start moving their body and then they quit because they don't know why it's a threat. But physiologically, it gives them the feelings, the neurochemicals that make them feel that same way they felt initially when they were uh, assaulted or, or whatever happened. So there, this is a little bit deeper probably than I want to go with this, but it comes down to looking at it as a threat or looking at it as a challenge. And then what are the physiological byproducts of those two systems that makes a person feel good and great and better or feel stressed and freaked out and want to crawl under a rock? Mm hmm. That, okay, that that did <laughs> go much deeper yes. than I thought we would go. But hey, <laughs> hey, you know what? I think it's important that we do discuss this because as we're talking about saying to people, hey, go and try this stuff, there may be something that comes up. But I think what is also really important to highlight is regardless, let's put let's I mean, I'm, I'm not moving trauma aside, but I'm just saying beyond the trauma discussion that we just had, resistance yeah. training within itself may not seem very stress relieving, but can be stress relieving because we're putting the muscle under stress and then we're like, we're, we're taking it out of, we're yes. exactly. So yeah. as we put it under stress, then we release that stress. It discharges anything that's kind of been built up in there. So the, the, yes. the, the more we do it, the deeper we go, the deeper we go, the more stress we're going to release. And yeah. then eventually, um, you know, we're going to be able to handle stressors a lot differently because we will be able to handle them better. And we're getting that, res that regular resistance. Yeah. And whether it's, it's a trauma sensitive or someone who's never had any trauma in their life with the right attitude, the benefits are exactly the same. Right. And if you feel good, then those neurochemicals, uh, your physiology changes for the long term. And then you want, you, you start to desire because then it comes down to desiring. I, I choose and I desire to go to the gym be, because I know I'm going to feel better later, whether mm -hmm. it's 
trauma sensitive or not, the benefit is the same is right. feeling. You ultimately want to feel better. You want to feel stronger. I want to be able to live my life independently. And that's what strength training does. It gives people the, the, the option to live more independently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And also, I mean, part of that independence is a youthfulness because our, our working resistance is going to keep our muscles younger. And what I mean by that is just being active themselves is they're going to continue to do the things that we need to do so that lifting things doesn't isn't such a challenge. Carrying ourselves isn't such a challenge. As we're walking, you know, we can lift our legs and that's not so challenging. So just basic day-to-day functioning. Right. Um, the activities of daily life, ADLs. And for people who are over 50, like me, this is really important because you lose around the fourth decade of around your forties and in your thirties, you start to lose mm-hmm. muscle tissue. It disintegrates. It's called sarcopenia. My favorite word. Mm-hmm. You love so that the, word. The natural loss of muscle tissue. And that's why, you know, someone who's 80 has, you know, no flat, they have a flat ass. And you know, if they don't train or they don't do anything, it's uncomfortable to sit in a chair, for example. Right. Because there's no cushion. Because <laughs> there's no cushion. Um, it may be replaced with fat tissue, uh, most likely. But you, if you look at elderly people who don't do any activity, you'll see that the the legs and the glutes tend to lose their tissue very quickly. Yeah. And leg strength is an indicator of longevity uh, of, mm. of how they live. Mm. So it's important to have very strong legs. Correct. Yes. Yes. Well, for many things, a making day to day life easier, but we, you know, this, this kind of final point that I want to talk about, I think it's, it's near and dear to both of our hearts and it's yep. sex and how resistance training really I like it just makes it that much more enjoyable. Do you know what I mean? Not only the physiological stuff that happens and not just the, you know, boost in testosterone and all of that, but it just enables you to have the strength to try different positions in different ways in like, um, you know, for longer periods of time. Yes. Well, especially for men. I mean, it's great for women too. We both have testosterone. Testosterone is a hormone that it's the male sex hormone responsible for, you know, putting on muscle mass for men having a thicker voice, facial hair and sex drive. So there is a relationship between weight training and sexual performance. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the benefits of weight training is increased testosterone production. So that's a really good thing if you want to get down and dirty and keep your libido up. Right. Now, it helps to have a partner, um, but <laughs> <laughs> but it also works on your own. <laughs> but you you can learn to be your own partner, right? And I want to point out um, with cardiovascular training because, uh, and I'm not saying it's bad, but it's catabolic in nature, meaning that it it breaks down tissue, catabolic, anabolic builds tissue, catabolic means breaking down, right? So runners, long distance runners, um, 
and triathletes have a lot more higher uh, cortisol levels, which is is a, like a hormone type wasting harm, uh, stress hormone. So while cortisone is produced during weight training, um, growth hormone is also produced. So the growth hormone kind of counteracts uh, the cortisol and actually helps your libido, whereas uh, too much cardiovascular actually breaks you down. Mm. And, you know, cardio can make you skinny fat too. Uh, you know, I used to be skinny fat and I told a friend that and she, uh, okay, hold on. I think we need to change our languaging because that is a very, Sorry. like, that was the, no, that's okay. No, that was, that was, that I'm was. Old, by the way, everybody, and so <laughs> I'm not but, woke. Right. But I'm just saying we are, th- but this is, this is us learning, right? Because I used to use that term all the time. And I Which think one, we, skinny fat? skinny fat, we need to change that now. I think there's, there is a, I, I wouldn't even know. And if anybody knows how we can um, modernize this, please uh, let us know in the Living Spiritfully Collective. But there is, uh, I guess, I mean, there's, you can still be unhealthy and look like you're in a, um, you know what? Even that is look lean. You could look underweight and not have a lot of muscle is what you're trying to say. Well, what I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter what your body looks like. You can still have health issues, whether you're skinny and I'm using air quotes, or if you're in a larger body. And I remember myself, like when I was a lot younger people would comment on my body because i was so thin and lean they'd be like oh like oh you're so skinny you're so healthy i'm like but i was the furthest from healthy you know i was smoking cigarettes i was eating fast food a lot i just had a really quick metabolism that i could eat whatever and but but like if you looked at the numbers cholesterol wasn't good blood sugar wasn't good like all of that stuff but to the naked eye, I was skinny and everybody was like, oh, you're so lucky. Right. So that, that, do that to me too. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm, I'm trying to get at. Like, yes, now because I move my body and I fuel it a lot differently than I did 20 years ago, I am much healthier. My energy levels are much higher than what they used to be. Um, but that, that's anyways, that's a whole other thing. But um, I just wanted to clarify that. Well, they, and I think there was always a negative, like, and then maybe this is just my generation, but don't, you know, if you're going to have a big, you know, event or you're going to do a, a marathon or you're going to have some kind of sporting event, don't have sex before it kind of thing. That's something people used to say, you know, don't, that sex would actually, you know, ruin your performance kind of thing the next day in your activity, which really isn't true. <laughs> well, I, you know what I do have to say from experience, because I've been doing a lot of um, Taoist practices and a lot of Qigong and stuff. And so part of the things that we, um, one of the things that I've been exploring is semen retention. Okay. And because there is this theory that the, the more a man ejaculates, the more life force he loses. And so if he ejaculates daily, so because <laughs> here's another sidebar since we were talking okay, about sex. Okay, sidebar. But um, so in French, the word for orgasm is un petit mort, which is a small death. And so 
this theory, this Taoist theory is that every time a man ejaculates, he loses life force energy. He dies for a moment and then all of his life force goes back to replenishing the sperm that he had has ejaculated. So the idea with a lot of these practices is to retain semen for more than two, three days. It it all depends on your age. It's something about something to the effect of a man in his 40s should um, ejaculate once every eight days, a man in his 30s once every, I want to say five or six days, 20s is like every four days, 60s is like every 10 days or something like that. And the idea is that we retain this um this sexual energy, this life force energy within that then fuels everything. That being said, there's a difference between ejaculation and orgasm. Those are two separate functions that happen simultaneously. Right. So what, right. Not so, every ejaculation is an orgasm either. That's right. And not every orgasm is an ejaculation. So going back to that old school thought process that you had, I wouldn't say don't have sex. I would just say don't ejaculate before the big event, but have all the sex. The research doesn't. Yeah, the research. I'm just saying as far as the research is concerned, it is more here. It's your brain. Okay. Well, I also know physically from doing this that when I, when I was ejaculating every day, I couldn't keep up with your workouts. Now that I'm ejaculating less frequently, I have more energy to be able to do the workouts. Oh, and I think there is, there might be like a very small amount, but I don't know, it, it may not be statistically significant, but it comes down to how you feel. And I think that's ultimately the thing. If you have sex before you work out, for some people, it gives them energy. For other people, it de- depletes them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think our biggest sexual organ is right here in our head. She's pointing to and her I'm brain just, for those I'm of you that can't see. <laughs> but I the do, other head. And I, like I said, it, I don't think... It it's independently going to matter that much. I think it's more individual. I say uh, collectively, it's not going to matter. But individually, I think it does matter it, as a human, and that's why you have to explore. Yeah, I'm curious yeah. if it has to do with body types, like you know, is ectomorph, yes, endomorph, whatever those are, are those still them. a thing? It it is a thing, and I was actually that was something that was in my notes, but now I can't find my notes that I thought we would end up talking about. But now um, it's, hold on a second, guys. Uh, I just love how this, you do your searching. I'm going to talk to the audience for a second. Mesomorph, endomorph, ectomorph. Um, I think it's still a thing, but I don't know if it's related to this. I do believe it's testosterone levels that are related to um, strain training. Right, because like you said, resistance training will um, stimulate our um, testosterone. It'll build testosterone or produce more testosterone. And in China, so we can go in our mind-body direction here, right? So I'm going to go off the statistics and go to Chinese medicine, where we may not have as many research studies on, but we know a little death. And in Chinese medicine, you know, male pattern baldness is from too many ejaculations. So for those of you <laughs> out there who have male pattern baldness in Chinese medicine, too many ejaculations lead to hair loss. I spent a lot of time in my room 
as a child. Yeah. That's why I lost my hair. I have my a lot of hair and I have a lot of <laughs> orgasms, but. But you don't ejaculate the same way a man does. Well, it depends on if I'm with somebody or not. And that's a whole other story. <laughs> because for women, we have, I mean, we're so lucky. We have different types of orgasms. And this can be a whole other podcast. Um, some winter, women never have a G-spot orgasm in their life and have never had a clitoral orgasm or any type of orgasm and just fake orgasms. So they feel good. It feels good but really don't know what a real orgasm is. Mm -hmm. um, and that, again, that could be a whole nother podcast. Yeah. yeah so because... yes, women can ejaculate. Um, and that's mostly because of urethral stimulation as well. It, it can trigger some fluid loss. That's so fascinating. Really good, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Not Men... saying to pee on your partner. I'm just saying. <laughs> You might. No, I'm kidding. But you uh, might. <laughs> well, men, right, right. men can have ejaculatory orgasms and non-ejaculatory orgasms. Yes. Um, so very similar. Yeah, you know what? Let's let's put a pin in this part of the conversation because I feel like this would be I was going to go somewhere oh. else with that one. Well, where else do you want to go? Do you want to save that for a whole well, other I was, episode? Uh, well, can I just say that if say you it. do, as a woman, if you do have an orgasm, you tend to have more energy, mm, mm -hmm. not be as tired. Whereas men, they fall, you know, sometimes they just like fall right to sleep. Um, so there's another thing, you know, I would promote a woman masturbating before she goes and does a workout or having sex. If you have a partner, if you're lucky enough to have a partner and you're having good sex with somebody, Go do that it. before, for, as a woman, do that before your workout. Yeah. See, I, I, well, because that's interesting. No because, I, and that's only personal research, by the way. Well, I was, I, I'm, I'm just going to go into my pseudoscience brain based on what I know about energetic things. Um, so for a, a male to ejaculate and go like feel sleepy after is because he, masculine outward energy puts everything in and then releases it, right? Whereas the woman is the receptive energy. The female, uh, the, 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 the feminine energy is receptive. So that would be receiving of energy. But um, I, from my experience, a man can build the energy and not release. And that could be like receptive and retain it. So I would tell a man to edge before going to work out without ejaculating so that he had has all enough energy to then use that to put into his workout. And then once your workout's done and your muscles are fatigued, then go and ejaculate because all your muscles will relax after and it'll feel really or good. Or you're having an orgasm in the gym. That's why people make so many weird noises. <laughs> <laughs> Busted. Okay, I think this conversation has okay. gone somewhere. I can, we I can to go back to- uh, Let's go back to the reason why we why are promoting resistance training now because it's just got so many great benefits. I can honestly, I can see a lot of our listeners like squirming um, as I'm listening to us go into this conversation, but so, summa right. summarize it for Can us, we go, Claudia. I wanna go, well, I want to go back to, okay, why do we want to work out with weights? Number one, strengthening our muscles to protect our joints, to uh, also strengthen our bones because it builds muscle quicker than any other form of exercise. It teaches discipline and self-motivation. 
It raises your metabolic rate, the rate you use energy. It strengthens your connective tissue, which helps in injury prevention um, and strength. And the other thing that I wanted to bring up was more muscle means there's more storage area for glycogen, which is the storage form of glucose, which is a sugar that you need. This is the thing about strength training is you use you don't use the same type of energy at the microscopic level as you do for cardiovascular. You're using stored sugar, which is either glycogen is in your liver and your muscles, which means that your pancreas, which is near your stomach, doesn't have to work so hard to produce insulin. Less insulin is necessary because you have more stored, stored sugar in your muscles, okay? So that's either in your bloodstream or in your muscle and your liver. So it's really good. What isn't what must what isn't stored in your muscle circulates the bloodstream goes back to the liver. So this is really important for insulin resistance. We hear a lot about insulin, which is you know the key to help your body use sugar properly. And a lot of people, especially older people, have diabetes. So I wanted to make sure we covered that because we didn't talk about that. Very important for. Uh, people who have diabetes type one or type two, especially to prevent, um, hopefully prevent diabetes, which is something that happens for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, builds, like I said, bone mass and um, strength for do daily activities. Mm -hmm. Very important. And that's, that's another thing too. Muscle working resistance builds bone. Yes. It builds bone it, and builds muscle. The muscle pulling on the bone. Because in order for your muscles to move, muscles would, you know, if you had just muscles and no bones, your muscles would just be a blob of, you know, just little contractions. I'm making a funny face. But because you <laughs> be have like a bones, jellyfish. Yeah, like a jellyfish. But because you have bones and muscles are attached to bones, as that's what moves your bones. So moving your bones has to do with muscle contraction and that that's what strengthens the bones mm -hmm. ultimately. absolutely Very important stuff yeah it definitely is so listeners if you have any okay. questions about resistance training or you want to know more about our orgasms join the living i'm kidding <laughs> join the living spiritfully collective by going to livingspiritfully.com click the collective and uh, sign in. You can ask us any questions that you'd like. I also wanted to uh, point out that on Saturday, January 7th, Claudia and I are participating with our friends Carl and Isabel. We are participating in Mindful Movement Melody. It's going to be a two and a half hour extravaganza of meditation, Qigong. Claudia is going to be doing her HypnoFit. I'm going to do an Arise meditation. And then there's opportunity for community gathering after that. So that's happening at 12 Eastern Standard Time. Claudia, what time is that for you? That's like 7 a.m.? 7 a.m. And it's in on Hawaii time. Time. Yes, it's all virtual. So uh, to find out more, send us a message or connect with us via Instagram. Um, um, all of this information is going to be in the show's notes. Connect with us and we will hook you up with the info on how to be 
how to join that. Anything else to uh, share, Claudia, before um, we go? I No, I think, though, if you do have questions, uh, we will be happy to answer them. And we will also be creating some online challenges that we'll be able to share with you and that you can get fit with us mm -hmm. on your own, but with us under our guidance. This yes. Yes. And think of it more as a program than a challenge, yeah. um, because it is something that we will be going through. There is a lot of guided uh, information and guided um movement, exercises, programs, uh, routines, etc. Um, so definitely follow us on the Instagram me. I'm uh, at Paul Galoro or there's um, what's your your Claudia dot Miko Claudia dot Miko. Yes, my website's Claudia Miko. And I also do once a week uh, lift stretch defy LSD class, which is a little combination of mind body exercise. Yes. And then of course there is my Arise program that is a daily wellness program Monday to Friday. Uh, so check out the show's notes for more information on all of that. And we will see you next time. So remember, why fit in when you were born to stand out? We love you. Mwah. Aloha. Spiritfully Podcast is a Spiritful Production. Executive Producer, Paul Galaro. Co-Producers, Claudia Miko and Catherine Stilo. A big thank you and much love to you, the Living Spiritfully community, for liking, subscribing, sharing, and supporting this podcast. <laughs>